Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. When you'd be joining the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet, let's check the analytics. We got the big old USA at the top of the list this week. Australia in a strong second. The UK, Nigeria, Canada, Philippines, Macedonia, Austria, South Africa, Netherlands. We got one here that's just a flag. It doesn't even have a name. We have India, Hungary, Albania, Cyprus, Denmark, France, Ireland, Lebanon, Latvia, Malawi, Norway, New Zealand, Singapore, and always that one place called the Parts Unknown. Thank you so much for helping spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. I want to report a great testimony this past week about a young man who has found himself in prison. He's been struggling with that fact. You know, things happen in our life, dealing with his choices that landed him there, the guilt and the shame. And I'm sure there was some anger that goes along with that. But I'll tell you what, he found the new old school podcast and he listened to the series Not Guilty, said it changed his life. He's trying to get a group of others in prison to be able to listen or possibly Me figuring out how to send them transcripts, possibly, so we are getting that figured out. But I love that it changed his life, and he knows. He knows it's going to change others as well. Praise God. Be praying for this young man, as he has already started his ministry, it sounds like to me, behind the bars there. Love hearing back testimonies of the podcast, so share these if you would. You never know who's going to click on and listen, how it's going to affect their lives. I certainly wasn't targeting a... uh, a demographic that was in prison, but uh, I may be changing my thought process on that. So there you go. You never know who's going to listen. We are in a series titled Living in His Presence. Our subtitle today would be His Desire, God's Desire. We talked about His presence. We talked about His instruments that God created us to worship, how important that is. And now desire. Does God, who is completely self-sufficient, self-sustaining, does God have desires? And if he does, what is it? I've learned that I am more of a bottom line person. There are bottom line people and beat around the bush people. I think I'm more of a bottom line person. I like to think, what is God's bottom line here? What what is God's desire? What's the bottom line? So point one today, God made me from him, or we could say out of him. So in the beginning, when God wanted something, when he was, when he was creating and making things, When God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted it to be made out of or from, right? He spoke to what he wanted it, the plant or the animal to come from. So he not only spoke to what he wanted it to come out of, but sustained by and what it was going to return to. So when God was creating or making, uh, let me clarify, God created some things and he made some things, the things he created Theologically, to create something, you form something out of nothing. When you make something, you form something out of something else. So we really, if looking at it, we don't create anything. We make things. Now, we have some creative abilities as we were made by God. 
uh, those abilities, uh, but we really cannot create some things like God did. We don't make something out of nothing. We wouldn't say, I created a vase. No, you made one. You, you took a substance already there, clay, and you molded it into a form that you wanted it to be made, uh, this vase out of clay. You didn't say, let there be a vase, and there was a vase. No, God did this. Let there be light, and there was light. So God created and made some things, and we need to catch this. When God made things, he spoke to what he wanted it to come from, what it was going to be sustained by, that which it came from, and then returned to that. Um, Let me give you an example. Genesis 1 and verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. So here's what God is saying. Let the earth bring forth. Earth, you bring forth. Let let the earth do it. Plants and trees and grass. God did not say let there be trees and grass. He said bring forth from the earth. And the reason was, listen, was because he wanted trees to come from dirt and for the dirt to sustain them. And then the trees eventually would return to the earth as they fell to the ground And of course, disintegrated, they'd go back to the dirt. This is so important. Listen to me. Genesis 1.20, then God said, let the waters abound with an an abundance of living creatures. So fish are sustained by water and will return to water. Then God said, Genesis 1.24, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so, earth bring forth living creatures. Creatures, animals come from dirt, sustained by dirt, will return to dirt. Why am I saying this? When God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted it to come from, what he wanted it sustained by, and what he wanted it returned to. Why am I pounding this so hard? Because when God wanted you, he spoke to himself. Listen, catch this now. How important this is. When he wanted man, when God created man, he spoke to himself, remembering that God wanted something so he would speak to what he wanted it to come from, what was going to sustain it, and what it was going to return to. God wanted man, and he spoke to himself. He wanted us to come from him, be sustained by him, and return to him. Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make man, not create, make. Let us make man so we came from something in our image according to our likeness. Well, wait a minute now, Donnie. Listen, the Bible says that God made man and formed him from the dust of the ground. So we came from the earth, right? Sustained by dirt. Go back to dirt eventually, right? No, listen. God made my body out of dirt. My body came from dirt. It's sustained by dirt. It'll go back to dirt. But my spirit man, the real me, No, that's sustained by God. It'll go back to God. Yes, our bodies are sustained by dirt, things that come from the earth, fruits, veggies, whatever. So what would happen if a plant said to the dirt, I'm pulling out, I'm just going to go make it on my own. What would happen? It would die. Man came and said to God, I'm pulling out. I'm going to go on my own. And God said that the day that you do, you're going to die. No, no, no. Their bodies didn't die though, did they? Adam and Eve, their bodies came from dirt, sustained by dirt, went back to dirt. Now, it did begin to chip away at our body's lifespan. As we see, they used to live 900, 800, 700, 600 down through the years, right? Lifespan did get shorter and shorter. 
So let me explain why God said they would die, and we can see that they didn't die. They lived another so many years. No, they did die spiritually. Ephesians 2 and verse 1, And you he made alive and were dead in trespasses and sins. John 10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. We were dead spiritually until, so God made us from him. Number two, God made us like him. In his image, his likeness. So bottom line, what is God's desire then? So God made someone just like he is. Adam, and you have to remember, this is before the sin and the fall. What I'm saying is, this time he had no sin or impure thoughts and desires. So God made a replica of himself, the one that he makes that's exactly like he is, has a desire. So God made a mere image of himself, that one that had a desire. So what was his desire that would then mirror God's desire. Genesis 2.20. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. There was not a companion for him. Why does it say this? It says that Adam names all the animals, but while he's out there doing that, he didn't find one that would be a companion for him. Why? Because it's possible that Adam, who's made just like God, has, at this time, no impure desires. He's right now acting out of God's desires that he has on the inside of him. And so he goes to God and he says something like this, I I love the garden and it's beautiful and all the animals, but I I have this desire. Lord, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure how to express it, but I I want something. I'm, I'm lonely. I have everything, but I'm, there's something missing. I, I, I desire something, but I'm not sure what it is. So Adam goes to sleep while naming the animals, and God takes a rib out and formed Eve. Now he's going to awaken from sleep while all he's been doing is naming animals, and now he's going to wake up, and now there's this new animal standing there that he had not previously seen, and of course, right, whoa, man, woman. No, woman actually means from man or out of man. Adam came out of God and Eve out of him. How did God know that the only thing that would satisfy the desire of man, Adam, how did God know that it would take a bride to satisfy that desire? Because that's God's same desire. Sin had yet to enter the world yet, so Adam's desire was pure. He he wanted a bride, and God knew that because God had the same desire. God created you in his image, and he gave you a will because love is a choice. And when we're talking about a companion, we want someone to choose to love us, not have to. God could have created anything else, a robot, and it could have been programmed to say, I love God, but that's not love. He knew that we had to choose to love or it wasn't going to be love at all. God made us from him so that we would be sustained by him and we would go back to him. And then he made us in his image and his likeness so we would have the same desires as him. And his desire was a bride. Number three, God made me to love him. No, it's still my choice, but God made us to love him. We're talking about living in his presence. The best way to do that is to live a lifestyle, as we said last time, of worship. And maybe you never really connected the dots this way, but worship is simply expression of love. So what we need to understand about God is that anytime that we give to God, you will receive back. That is simply the nature of God in all things. He is a giver. And if you say to God, I love you, he's going to say back to you, I love you too. There, there is no one I, rather, I would rather be with 
than you, God. And he would say to you, there's nobody I would rather be with than you too. He's very personal that way. God's great desire is you, that you would choose like he did to want to be with him as he wants to be with you. So as we were going through our Bibles, we see this phrase often, and I want you to see it. Uh, if, if you can see what God's desire is in this. Exodus 6 and verse 7, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Leviticus 26, 12, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Jeremiah seven twenty three. but this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. Jeremiah eleven four. so shall you be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 24, 7, then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. Jeremiah 30 and verse 22, you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 31 and verse 33, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ezekiel 11 and verse 20, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Ezekiel 14 and verse 11, that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profane anymore with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people, and I will be their God, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 36, 28, then you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Ezekiel 37 and verse 23, they shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will deliver them from all of their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. They shall be my people. I will be their God. Ezekiel 37, 27, my tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God. They will be my people. Hosea 2 and verse 23, then I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they shall say, you are my God, right? He was speaking to the Gentiles. Thank God. Zechariah 8, 8, I will bring them back and they will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people and I will be their God in truth and righteousness, right? He's speaking to the Jews there. Zechariah 13 and verse 9, they will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one of them will say, the Lord is my God. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Hebrews 8 and verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. Revelation 21, one through three, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I saw John, uh, then I, John, I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Did you get it today? God has a desire. That desire has not, nor will ever change. God wants you to be his people. He wants to be your God. So let me try to wrap it up then. Let's pretend that Adam had, um, let's just pretend that Adam had not been with Eve when she ate of the fruit, okay? We know he was, didn't stop her, he was right there, but let's pretend that he wasn't for a moment and she ate of it, uh, and if it had taken place that way, a conversation would have been like this. God would have gone to Adam and said, son, I am so sorry to tell you this. Your bride has sinned and she's going to die. 
what could you give someone who has everything? What could God the Father give to his son but a bride? You see what I'm saying is this conversation had to take place where God the Father had to go to his son and tell him, son, your bride has sinned. And I'm so sorry to tell you this. She's going to die. And I'm sure Jesus said, Dad, I don't want him to die. I don't want her to die. And I think the father said something like this, son, somebody has to die. And I believe that Jesus looked his father right in the eyes and he said, I'll do it. Not my will, but yours be done. I will do it. I will die so that my bride can live. To live in the presence of Jesus. He said, I'll take the punishment because my desire is to be with you, to be your God and for you to be my people forever and eternity in my presence. That's just how much God loves you. That is God's desire. So you and I and all of them out there just living their lives, you are God's greatest desire. And he's not mad, but he's madly in love with you. And he has a fatal attraction for people. People are God's greatest desire. If you can grasp that, being made in his image and his likeness, that's what living in the presence will do. It'll cause you to, to sacrifice whatever you had to, to reach people for him. It's all about the people. He loves us. It's all the time I have for today's podcast. I know it was a short one. And I appreciate you joining me today for the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, so that I may better reach all those that God loves, I will be attempting the ridiculous, and I will be achieving the miraculous, because that is God's desire. Hey!